welcome back to the Karma of it All, where we get advice, guidance, and support to those going through and healing from toxic, karmic, and traumatic relationship situations. I, of course, am your host, Miss Complexity, and we are getting into today's subject. Come to me. Guys, I heard this man's story and I was just like, it's impossible. It's impossible. But he makes it seem very possible. Okay. So we're going to talk to Mr. Aaron Burroughs. Aaron, are you in? Are you there? Yes. Okay. I am here. Aaron, hey, Aaron. What's up and how you doing? I am good. It's cold in Texas, which is a rarity in Houston, but I'm good. All right. So you in Texas. Go ahead. Go ahead. I heard that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So um, I'm very interested in knowing about your story. What you told me was amazing, and I'm I'm pretty shocked to know that something like this could happen. So you had a little karmic situation during your career you had worked there for a while and then all of a sudden drama came and then it just went downhill from there tell us how you um tell us about the situation first tell us about this karmic situation well i um i graduated with a bachelor's in leadership and i wanted to pursue a career with a company that believed in transformational leadership. So I found the company and uh, applied, interviewed the company actually. And then, uh, then I applied, which was, they were shocked because it was like, nobody ever asked to interview us. <laughs> and I said, you know, working a, at a location or working for a company it's like a marriage. You spend more time at work than you do with your own family. Yeah. So it's important that I work somewhere that holds the values and believes like I believe. And so I began working there in around 2009. Ended up part of the company. They demoted a whole department because they were uh, doing away with the position. And so in getting demoted, I was really overqualified for the position that they were giving me. Ended up getting promoted to a position that I was at and had been working there effectively uh, for, I would say, about five years, five to six years. Um, Took my department from a million dollar a year to... $4 $4 million a year department. Um, to everybody's surprise, I estimated that it should be making $3.5 million a year, which I was like, or excuse me, I was laughed at <laughs> during my interview. And, but, you know, by the grace of God, that happened within 18 months. 18 months, turned it around and was working and doing well and fine. Um, this was about eight years ago now. And one day was at work and, uh, what isn't unusual today 
was very unusual back then. And that's where I found myself in a workplace shooting. Oh, my goodness. A workplace shooting. Yes. Yeah, back then it wasn't, and you're saying in 2009? Uh, yeah, no. We well, I started shooting. there in 2010. Oh, okay. So uh, I graduated with my bachelor's in 2009. So it had been about five to six years since I had been working for the company. Okay. So you're still fresh in, fresh in, you're five years in, so that would make you a bit in the way, right? Yes. I mean, you. And you made them mad, boo money. Okay. Yes. And right? you got to keep in mind that during that time, that if you stayed at a company for five years and you were trying to look for a job somewhere, people look down on you because that, you know, people don't stay at companies but two or three years. Everything is so goal driven and you got to climb the corporate ladder and all this other stuff. Even when you get a great position, it's like, don't stay there no more than three years. You need to move, get another position. In. And it becomes about all what you can get. Not about people, not about relationships or anything of that nature. So I'm at work and it's nighttime and I get a call over the overhead. My boss was saying that he needed all the man, all male employees up to the front for an emergency. So, of course, I go up there like all the rest of the men. And there's a situation taking place. Um, I'm probably one of the last to come up on the situation. So I heard some things that were very disconcerting to me. One of the things was a gentleman tells another gentleman to go to the car, get the tool, and put in work. What? You actually heard him? Yeah, I heard him say that. I don't think other people heard him say that or other people didn't realize what he was saying and what it meant. And so at that that point in time, I was like, you know what? I got to get people to safety. So I began to tell people they need to get to safety. And what was so amazing is people was arguing with me because there was a a fight going on that was literally a fight to the death with one of our security people and the guy that ordered the other guy to go get the tool and put it in work. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, they wanted to see the fight. You can't tell me. You can't tell me. I'm like, please get go, go, go. And so I'm telling people to go at the same time. I'm trying to get another employee off, uh, get a guy off of the other employee and he was trying to get in his hand and get uh, get in his pocket to get something and I was like holding his hand back and I was trying to pull him off and everything next thing you know all you hear is gunshots oh my god now everybody that I told to run to safety <laughs> begins to run to safety so at this point, at this point, I'm 
like got the guy up on his feet and he's let uh got got him to let the other employee go and I'm holding him in front of me as a shield with the guy that with the gun. And now everybody's the safety and the only three people that's standing there is myself, the other perpetrator, and then the guy with the gun. And I'm like, hey, you know, going about our business. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know who they are because the company I worked for was a huge company. Uh, to this day, I don't know. However, the guy points the gun and shoots me in my left torso uh, at about the top of my rib cage. Now, this is why I'm holding the guy that told him to go get the gun and put it in work. Or he said, tool. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, wow, this dude just shot me. And I thought to myself, these are some killers. Plex to be here. And guess what? We are looking for you to be on the show. Do you want to share your triumphing story, your karmic situation? I know y'all tired of hearing about me and my story. So let's go ahead and get into some of you guys' stories. If you're interested in being on the show and sharing your karmic story and how you triumph over it, then by golly, hit that www.complexityonline.com or the link in the description or in the bio and connect request to be on the show until then i'll holler this is yeah oh, they're going to get the gun yes yeah i mean not just that but he stopped me with his partner shielding me from him in a spot that was only probably about two inches three at the most to where he could hit me so he was intentionally shooting me there when he stopped me there, the other guy ran back to my head and we fell on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then the guy with the gun comes up, he stands over me and he's pointing the gun and he tells me to let his nigga go. So I let the guy go. I'm on the ground with my on my back, you know, my, my feet up uh, on the ground. My knees are bent and I got my hands up in the air and I'm like, look here, man. Everybody, everybody says, y'all go ahead and go. You can hear the police coming. It, they wasn't flinching or anything. They weren't going to move. They wasn't moving. Hello? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I'm here. Are you there? Okay, there you go. All right, because I lost oh, you. All right. Okay. So he tells the guy to kill me. What? And I'm sitting there like, the guy steps up a little closer over me, and he says, the next time I tell you to let my nigga go, I bet you will. And he oh. goes to pull the trigger. Before that, I'm sitting there like, Lord, is this what it feels like before somebody murders you? 
I'm thinking about my kids. I'm thinking about how my kids going to take the news that I've been murdered. Who's going to help them? That's what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about working more hours. I'm not thinking about getting a bigger house. I'm not thinking about putting rims on a car. I'm not thinking about anything that don't matter when it comes to life. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about my children. You know, I'm single, so I didn't have a wife. And that's what mattered at that moment. Mm-hmm. Now, he begins to pull the trigger, and it was as though God himself slowed the scene down to where I could literally see. Now, this is nighttime. It wasn't a lot of good lighting. Plus, it was raining. Okay. So I I began to see where he his finger was starting to pull back on the trigger. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit say, roll over. And the moment that I rolled over, the bullet hit the ground behind me. It would it would have hit me in the dead center in the chest, oh. but it hit the ground behind me. Then I heard the Holy Spirit say, "Get up and run." I hopped to my feet, and I literally thought about this: how they used to teach the running backs to hit the hole in football at football practice, stay low. All right. And so I stayed low so that he didn't have a big target to hit at. But I had got shot four times in my lower, lower, uh, in my below my belt line. Let's put it that way. You know, most people say, oh, you got shot in the butt, but not the nice way. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. I, I I chuckle now, but it wasn't a chuckling situation, and I didn't chuckle for, you know, about seven years at all. But now you can actually look back on that situation, right, and be like, okay, at least I'm here. And what what yes. do you have any idea? Like, do you feel that this was targeted? Well, it wasn't targeted for me, towards me. Okay. But because of the things that would happen later on, I feel as though it was a targeted attack and that they were out to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. And I spoiled that. And the reason I say that is, so as I'm running, I get hit four times in the back area, the back end. I had a bullet go in, come out my inner thigh, miss my femoral artery by one centimeter. I had another bullet get embedded in my right gluteus maximus muscle, deep down in the muscle. I had another bullet hit me in the right glute area, but was in a soft tissue area. And then I had a bullet fragment hit me in the left glute area, but also in the soft tissue area. So I get in 
I run in the building. They shut the doors and hit the security lock so no, so it wouldn't open. Now, remember I told you that we could hear the sirens of the police coming. Yeah, you were saying that. These guys was not worried about the police. So the guy is standing at the door telling him to open the door up so he can kill me. What? And you're trying to tell me that this was not <laughs> targeted? It looks like they're trying to target you now. Yeah, he turned. Now they're, they're turning their attention on me because whatever they were doing, I spoiled that for them. So now the guy, he has been told he need to kill me, and he's literally now changed his his target to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of course, nobody opens the door. Eventually, they go away. The ambulance comes, and they're examining me in the back of the ambulance and I had to take my clothes off and they were like, we cannot find any entry wounds. They said, are you sure you got shot? I said, I know I got shot. I feel the hot metal burning in me. But what what, would happen that I would later come to know is because of the caliber that uh, had to be used, had had to have been used by the perpetrator. I was too close before the shell completely peeled back and the impact, the bullet is designed to impact and spread uh, throughout your body to cause maximum damage. But because I was so close when he shot me, it didn't happen, and the feet actually cauterized the entry point, so there was very little blood. Uh, Had I been probably another five to ten feet from him, I wouldn't be talking to you today. What's up, fam? I would like to take the time to introduce you all to my new mini autobiography ebook called Shattered Innocence, where I share my story on how I overcame church related sexual abuse and how I am doing now. I wanted to share this story with you, so um, I am asking that you guys look in the show notes and pre-order the ebook, which will help you guys get a little bit of understanding on that certain part of my life that I went through and how I achieved coming out of those self-healing situations and how I am able to tell my story here now as well as share with you guys 
on tips and bits and pieces of karmic self-healing. So be sure to check out my mini autobiography, Shattered Innocence. Um, the ebook will be available soon, but I am getting you guys the benefit of a doubt. <laughs> and you guys can go ahead and pre-order. That way you get it before anyone else does at a very reasonable price before anyone else does. Um, like I said, look in the show notes to get the link. And I would love your feedback on it. And all of the information in the ebook is true and documented. So with that being said, I look for you guys' support. And thank you all so much. And I'm trying to figure out by the grace of God, you made it. Okay. So what was it that you had to endure after that? Besides healing your body, possibly going through some rehab. What else happened after this incident? Like, how did your life change? Well, for one, I've been on the comp I've been with this company for five plus years. Okay. Um, I've taken a department where they were projecting that it would only make one point one million dollars a year. And that was the goal. So of course, you know, people rarely hit their goal. Mm -hmm. So, after the first year of me working in this department, it had surpassed a million dollars. So you you killed all the assumptions of it can't be done to it, it got done mm -hmm. to doing it. Yeah. Now the next year, the next year, we were. Over two million. Mm -hmm. And then it went to three million and four million. So I hit the goal that I had told them in my interview that this department should be making. So of course, I'm the man. I'm the myth. I'm the legend. All right. They love me. They were, I mean, I created so much business. You know, I was getting stuff that they said I would never be able to get from my department. I had one of the chief executive officers, like, give him whatever he needs. And so I went from that to immediately after I left the hospital being treated like I was the criminal. Like I was the one that came up in the company and started shooting up everything. Like I shot my own self. Are you kidding me? There was no cameras or anything? They couldn't see that you wasn't... This doesn't make any sense. Oh, there were cameras. And they caught everything. But they thought that you were the one behind it? You were the master? No, they treated me like I was. Oh, they treated you like, well, 
if they treated you like that, then that means they thought about it. So, well, there's no way they could reasonably think that I shot my own self. That I did was to my own self. So that 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 wasn't a reasonable assumption. But they treated me as though I did all of this. It's like a rape victim. Oh. And and I and I used to explain that to people. I say it's like a Again. I said it's like a woman that's being raped mm-hmm. and she's coming forward and saying that she was raped. There's evidence mm-hmm. that she was raped. There's a film of the raping, but the police, the prosecutor, the rapist, and a company is blaming her as though she raped herself. That's how I would, that's how I explained this situation. Mm. So the day I got let out of the hospital, I was told that if I didn't come to work the next morning, the next morning, I will be fired. Okay, no, no, that that there's no sense in you just got out of the hospital. What you mean you'll be fired if you don't come to work? You just got out of the hospital. A shooting that happened on their premises, their facility. They gave you the time enough to heal and get back to. You better be this. Here this happened. This happened on November 28th, 2015, the day after Black Friday, Small Business Saturday. And they told me that if I didn't come to work that Monday, that I would be fired. Mm-mm. Ain't no way. So what did you do? So I had to go see a specialist. They let me out of the hospital. There was no damage to any vital areas of my body. Uh, The closest thing came was the one bullet that missed my femoral artery by one centimeter. Mm -hmm. And the the nurse that um, the bullet fragment itself was sticking out my leg. The nurse that was my nurse at the hospital, he just took his finger and pulled the bullet out. But the other ones, they decided that I needed to see a specialist for me to have surgery to get the bullet out. So my boss calls me and tells me this. And I tell him, how can I come to work? Well, what just happened? Mm -hmm. So I was so afraid. I didn't know what to do. I went to work and I had them lock me in a safe room. Wow. To where you had to, yeah, there were only a handful of people that had a key to get into the safe room. 
and I was terrified. I bet you were. You just went through a shooting. I mean, it had to endure hospital stay, and they want you back. I mean, just like no regards to you as a human. Period. <laughs> I mean, just like we want our money, and we want our money now. You bring it in, so you need to keep bringing it in, regardless. Yeah, this is this this all would go on to at the moment in time. I wasn't thinking about that. Um, I hadn't slept. I didn't sleep for the first two weeks because every time I closed my eyes, I just kept seeing the shooting. Mm -hmm. I would eventually go on to have hallucinations. Um, I would have to fight the company in order to get medical help for the surgeon. I would have to fight the company in order to get help Mentally, in order to see a psychiatrist and a psychologist, they began to play games. They would say, oh, the insurance company didn't sign off on this. Or you really don't need that. Or you just need to come back to work. This company that you sat there and you made billions with, for millions with, you were the star employee and they are treating you like ain't you ain't nothing when it's like trash. Yeah. And now it's time for them to treat you with the utmost respect. Congratulations. Thank you so much for saving. And you know, you should be coming back with open arms and parties and celebrations and whenever you decide to walk through that door, you walk through that door. Not when them forcing you. This now, the when I was in a hospital, the the um, what is it? The aggravated the murder and robbery division of the Houston Police Department The detective came up to the hospital and he said, man, you're a hero. Yeah. I say, uh, I don't feel like one, but (laughs) (laughs) he said, he said, I've talked to several of the employees and he said, three of them literally told me if it wasn't for you, they would be dead right now. You see what I'm saying? He said, you should be proud of yourself. However, this company, a multi-billion dollar a year company, decided that I wasn't worth the gum on the bottom of your shoe. Wow. It would be almost two more months before I even got any kind of psychological help. It would be almost a month before I would have surgery to remove the bullet that could be safely removed. It was sad. Yeah, it's a very sad situation that you had to go through that. And if you think that was sad, 
it got worse. No, there's not more. There's a lot more. Be sure to tune in for part two of Aaron Lee Burroughs' Toxic Workplace Environment, where he was a victim of a workplace shooting. He will definitely tell us all about his healing process and how work treated him throughout this shooting and thereafter. This is a story that you do not want to miss. This interview is very important for those of you who have been going through toxic workplace environment. I hope to see you guys there. I hope you guys check him out because he is located in Houston, Texas. So you might want to, you know, listen in and get the background information from the horse's mouth himself. So with that being said, I'll talk to you guys again soon. Make sure you guys check it out this Thursday. Deuces. And there you have it. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Blue Karma of the All, where we give advice, talent, and support to those going through toxic, karmic, and traumatic relationship situations. First, I am your host, Miss Complexity, and as always, each one teach one remain true to you. Deuces!